Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 125 of The Informed Catholic, episode 125. And we're going to do the readings for the sixth Sunday of Easter, because we're in the sixth Sunday of Easter season. And uh, I'm going to read some articles from Church Militant after the readings. So please subscribe and share to the podcast if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job. It would be a great help if you share this with uh, your friends and family members who you think might enjoy this. So uh, let's begin first with the entrance antiphon. Uh, It's from Isaiah 48 verse 20. Proclaim a joyful sound and let it be heard. Proclaim To the ends of the earth, the Lord has freed his people. Alleluia. Proclaim a joyful sound and let it be heard. Proclaim to the ends of the earth, the Lord has freed his people. Alleluia. Okay. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary of a Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Christe elision, Christe elision, Christe elision. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son. Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Heavenly Father, bless this reading of the podcast, bless our prayers, and give us the grace we need to love you more and more every day. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, Mother of all Christians, pray for us. St. Joseph, Guardian of the Holy Church, Guardian of the Holy Family, Guardian of all Christian families, Terror of Demons, pray for us. St. Peter, St. Paul the Apostle, pray for us. St. Mary Magdalene, St. John the Apostle, pray for us. And we also ask for the intercession of St. Michael, the Archangel, to pray for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so let's begin with the first reading. First reading is from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10, starting from verse 25, uh, going to... 26, 34 to 35, 44 to 18. 
Okay, so there's going to be a little editing here and there, but let's begin. <clears throat> the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles also. Reading from the Acts of the Apostles. When Peter entered Cornelius, when Peter entered Cornelius's home, he met him and falling at his feet, that is Cornelius, and paid him homage. Peter, however, raised him up, saying, Get up, I myself am also a human being. Then Peter proceeded to speak and said, In truth, I see that God shows no partiality. Rather, in, in every nation, whoever fears him and acts uprightly is acceptable to him. While Peter was still speaking, uh, still speaking these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the word. The circumcised believe, um, believers who had accompanied Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit should have been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they could hear them speaking in tongues and glorifying God. Then Peter responded, can anyone withhold the water for baptism? These people who have received the Holy Spirit, even as we have, he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. <clears throat> Thanks be to God. Okay, let's move on to the Psalm 98. The Lord has revealed to the nations his saving power. Alleluia. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wondrous deeds. His right hand has won victory for him. Holy is his name. The Lord has revealed to the nations his saving power. Alleluia. The Lord has made his salvation known. In the sight of the nations, he has revealed his justice. He has remembered his kindness and his faithfulness toward the house of Israel. The Lord has revealed to the nations his saving power. Alleluia. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation by our God. Sing joyfully to the Lord, all you lands. Break into song. Sing praise. The Lord has revealed to the nations his saving power. Alleluia. Okay, second reading is from the first letter of St. John, chapter 4, verse 7 and 10. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is of God. Everyone who loves is begotten by God and knows God. Whoever is without love does not know God. For God is love. In this way, the love of God was revealed to us. God sent his only son into the world so that we might have life through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as expiation for our sins. Alleluia, alleluia. Whoever loves me will keep my word, says the Lord, and my father will love him and we will come into him. Alleluia, alleluia.
And the gospel reading is from the Saint Gospel according to St. John, chapter 15, verse 9 and 17. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. <clears throat> Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, As the Father loves me, so I also love you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this so, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my commandment. Love one another as I love you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, I no longer call you slaves because slaves, a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have loved, I have told you everything. I have heard from my father. It was not you who chose me, but I who chose you and appointed to you, to you to go and bear fruit that will remain so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you this command. This I command you love one another. The gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I'll read it one more time. Jesus said, to his disciples, as the Father loves me, so I also love you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy might be complete. This is my commandment. Love one another as I, as I love you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have told you everything. I have heard from my father. It was not you who chose me, but I who chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you this. I command you love one another. The gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, before I go into the articles, um, let me talk a little bit about the readings. The, um, <clears throat> the readings that we have, one is Peter, the first one is Peter at the uh, Cornelius' home with his family, a Roman, a Roman uh, official who obviously has become very familiar with uh, 
the Subduagent version of the Old Testament, the Torah, in Greek, um, and uh, very familiar with Jewish culture and Jewish custom, you know. But of course, he never converted. He's not circumcised or anything. But he he has come to have faith in uh, in God, and he has also. Uh, come to believe that this God of the Jews is the one true God. Rejecting the uh, the Roman uh, Greek idea, concept of, of the universe. And um, he obviously has developed a faith and a longing. But he, you know, he wants he wants to give his life to god he wants to to become holy he wants to to experience something something more beautiful more intimate with with god so his longing his his prayer has been heard and so God sent an angel to tell him to to send some men to a particular place and ask for Simon Peter, Simon the fisherman. Now, this is we know is going to become a challenge because uh, the early um, Christians were mostly Jews. And this idea of the message of Jesus going out to the Gentiles definitely is not going to go well very easy with with the early christian community which is mainly jewish but obviously jesus the trinity god the father the son and the holy spirit has very different plans peter himself was told to go with the with the soldiers and so were other Christians, Jewish Christians, and they would bear witness. The Holy Spirit coming down on Cornelius and his family and everyone in Cornelius' home, including the slaves, and they all received the Holy Spirit from the eldest to the newborn in the household. And this itself, with um, the companions of Simon Peter, Jewish Christians saw this, and they were mind-boggled, mind-boggled that this actually happened, that, that the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, came and, in, and made a home in these Gentiles' hearts. They started speaking in tongues, and and they 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 couldn't fight that. And wonderfully, beautifully, that began the church opening its arms to receive Gentiles. Once again, it won't be easy because many of the early Christians were Jews. And they, 
they, let's say they were not really prepared to accept it. But if they believed in God and they realized that God has his own will and God's will would be done. Jesus himself said that the apostles will go out to all the end, to all the nations, even to the ends of the earth to bring the gospel. Now, this, of course, will require a lot of supernatural um, action, supernatural bravery. And in the gospel, especially in John's letter, uh, the second reading, John's letter himself said that God is love. And that's important. We have to understand that. What does it mean, God is love? That God is truly um, divine, divine affection, divine, divine action, divine truth, love, love, one love, love, something greater than human romance. It's, it's, um, it's an abstract com, uh, concept. You can't really say it's a thing. It's not. It's it's something more. It's total, complete giving. It's total, completely wanting the best, wanting the good for the uh, for the other. Love is something. <laughs> it's it's like I said. It's just complete giving a one. Sp- oneself complete wanting the best of the other putting the other one first before self that's that's best uh, that's the best way and jesus himself jesus himself gave that i like what dr jordan peterson said true mark of leadership true mark of authority is complete sacrifice of oneself true mark of authority and also um, love is we we completely give our, give ourselves completely without question for the good of the other what better way to express love Jesus himself laid down his life and gave it for the whole world anyway let's um, move on to the articles right <laughs> One more thing I think that's very important about all this is that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So God sacrifices himself and and, and shows it, shows his love by sacrifice of himself. He gives himself And he gives himself as food and drink to those he loves, to the world. He lays down his life as a shepherd. He comes and seeks that which is lost. You don't get that in other religions. You don't get that in pagan religions. And you definitely don't get that in Islam, right? 
you don't get that in Islam, and you definitely don't get that, let's say, in uh, Pharisaic rabbinical Judaism, right? I don't think you get that in in, in a sense that the post-temple Judaism, but you don't get that in any other religion. You don't. You don't get that. It's always the human person has to uh, prove something. But if the if if the human person in Christianity uh, ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened. You have to imitate. You have to really take on the love. And the grace of God. God gives it to you freely, but you have to want it also, right? The will, our will is never taken away from us. That's why it's different in Christianity. It's different. All right. Well, let's go here. This is an article from Church Militant. All right. Uh, this is a Lutheran, a Lutheran minister. Luther's heir, not really his biological heir, but his, uh, I guess you could successor, uh, rips Protestant synodal way. And this is from May 6, 2021. And the articles by Jules Gomes, church militant, Catholics will not sink into a shrinking schismatic provincial church. In other words, it's not going to be some small schismatic thing because as what's happening in Germany with the German bishops who wanted to, um, who really, who really are pushing very hard for some reason to, to change everything. Uh, they want to make, they want to, they want to, uh, universalize the church there, uh, change divorce, the idea of divorce marriages, uh, divorce couples can get married and receive a blessing. They want to change things about gay marriages and everything else. They want to make Protestants, uh, have access to the sacraments. Wittenberg, Germany. The German Catholic Synodal Way risks replicating the mistakes of the Protestant Synodal Path during the Third Reich. This is interesting. Going back to World War II, which co contaminated the entire church with the Nazi, the Nazi demon, the pastor of Martin Luther's church is warning. The Nazi demon. Interesting. In an exclusive interview, interview with Church Militant, Reverend Dr. Alexander Garth of St. Mary's Church in Wittenberg, uh, Stad Stadgrich, said he hoped faithful German Catholics will not make the mistake of sinking into a shrinking, schismatic German provincial church. Okay, Skink, uh, a sinking, sinking, schismatic German provincial church. Okay, so he doesn't think this, the synodal way is good. Okay, I consider the synodal way to be a mistaken way since it forces the Protestantization of the Catholic Church. Luther's successor wrote in an Easter letter to German monthly magazine. I just tried uh, linking the link, and it's it's in German, so I'm not going to read it. <laughs> I observe with concern the efforts at Protestantization in our Catholic sister church, efforts that express themselves uh, 
in uh, Maria 2.0 and the Synodal Way. Both are in German, and I'm not going to bother to read them. Garth lamented, which I can't read German. Garth lamented, referring to himself as a Protestant with a Catholic heart and pastor in the pulpit of Martin Luther. He should then become Catholic. Garth reminded the Synodal Way reformers that the democratization democratization of the Protestant Church in Germany with its synods during the Third Reich resulted in the Nazi majority in the synod contaminating, perverting, and finally spiritually polarizing the entire church. Thus, according to Garth, the Protestant church in the Third Reich was one unbroken story of betraying the faith with luminous expectations like Lutheran pastor Diedrich Bonhoeffer, who stood against Hitler and was hanged by Himmler's orders at the Flossenburg concentration camp in 1945. Garth urged Catholic liberals to become Protestant since in the German Protestant church, you will find everything you are fighting for. Women priests, a synodal constitution, married pastors, feminism. But the spiritual and the physical state of the Protestant church is much worse. And the repercussions of secularization still more devastating than the Catholic Church, he noted. I would consider the Protestantization of the Catholic Church to be a great misfortune, for this world needs the Catholic profile of Catholic spirituality with the loyalty to the Pope, Marian devotion, and the example of the saints of the Church in uh, Garth stressed. The author of the forthcoming book, okay, let me see what's the translation, oh, Down or Turning Back, Why Christianity Has Its Best Time Still to Come, said that the Christian world needs Catholic identity, and it would be a great loss of Christendom if the Catholic color of the faith lost its intensity. St. Mary, Mary's Church in Wittenberg, Stockbridge, is regarded as the mother church of the Protestant Reformation, renowned for its pulpit, whence Luther and fellow Protestant Johann Bugenhagen preached for many years. It also it's, it is also famous for the altarpiece painted by Renaissance father and son duo uh, Lucas Gronick and Elder and Lucas Gronick the Younger. The German Sonatal Way, also known as the Sonatal Path, has been demanding a democratic church with license to bless homosexual unions and ordain women as deacons and priests. Okay, full full interview. 
the church militant. Why do you think the German Sonoma path is taking a dangerous path? Alexander Garth. The Catholic Church in Germany and Europe, as well as the Protestant uh, national churches, have their roots in, in a state church in which every citizen, with notable exceptions, automatically belong to the state church without being asked. Since Christianity became the state religion in A.D. 380, Jesus shaped, Christian, uh, Jesus shaped Christianity fell into a minority situation. A minimal and nominal Christian Christianity became the standard form of the faith. This means that if matters of faith and practice of the church are formed according to the will of the majority, an adapted minimal, Christ, minimal Christianity will always prevail and determine the path of the church. Most people adapt their Christian faith to the culture, causing the church to lose its profile and missionary vigor. Church Miller asked a question here. What problems do you already see in the Catholic Church in Germany? This is the uh, Alexander Garth, is the, the Protestant pastor. The Catholic and Protestant churches in Germany have a common main problem. They function in a model of the church that stems from closed monar monarchical society. Today we live in an open liberal society in which people freely choose their religion. The churches have to, have to, um, learn something that they have not needed to learn for centuries and therefore cannot learn. They have to embark on a mission into today's world with apostolic authority. This is the new challenge which overwhelms a church in, in a Constantine mode. Interesting. This means, first, the church must make conversions, uh, um, make conversions its its main theme in teaching and practice. Second, the church must rediscover the fascination of Jesus Christ. Third, the consequences of rediscovering Jesus Christ as Savior of the world is a rediscovery of the Holy Spirit as the engine of mission. Fourth, a church on the move must learn to inculturate the gospel in today's world and translate it into practice. Church militant, why do you think most German Catholic clergy take the path of compromising with the Zeitgeist? Is it political correctness or do they really believe that if you surrender to culture, the church will grow? Will grow? Alexander Garth, people feel that the church lives and operates in a strange bubble. They think the church simply must work in a more contemporary and adaptive way to the social cultural mainstream. That a, that's a tragic mistake. The church must proclaim the old, valuable, saving and life transforming gospel so that people can understand and accept it, but without diluting and ideologically alienating the na the nature of the church and its mission. 
the gift of discerning spirit is of great relevance here. The church must pursue double strategy. First, it must preserve the nature and mission of the church according to the gospel and according to the church. Tradition, and second, it must translate its old and yet highly topical message into the culture and the world of understanding and of our great generation. Church militant, do you think that the German Catholic Church is heading for a schism with Rome? Alexander Garth, as part of a world church, German Catholicism is a marginal phenomenon that is increasingly losing its importance. Faithful German Catholics will not make the mistake of sinking into a shrinking schismatic church, schismatic German provincial church. Church militant, what do you think of the current leadership of Pope Francis in relation to the current synodal way? Alexander Goth, Pope Francis is a popular figure and a pragmatist who repeatedly unsettles the traditionalists with some of his spontaneous actions but at least that's how i see it does a good does a good job in his church because he has understood signs of the times for example he opens up access to the church for homosexuals or divorced people but without changing church teaching as seen in the latest vatican ruling against blessing homosexual unions. This is wise, generous, and compassion, but it upsets the guardians of tradition and pure doctrine. This gracious tightrope walk between two opposing positions corresponds most closely to the spirit of Jesus as seen in the story of Jesus and the adulteress in John 8. What would uh, Church Millard, what would Martin Luther do if he were alive today? <laughs> Alexander Garth, this question is not easy to answer because on the one hand, there is the early Luther who burned for the Ref uh, who burned for the reformation of his Catholic Church and for rekindling the darkened center of gospel the gospel again. This Luther would be a zealous Christ-centered reformer today who would inspire the church in Germany to radically turn to the missionary mandate of the church in this period of secularism and call people to salvation in an understandable language and culture. It is difficult to say whether the late Luther disappointed in the Pope, Roman uh, princes would, would do today, at least I believe he would establish a separate Protestant church. Interesting. It's interesting hearing this. Um, <laughs> I'm not. Um, I I don't know. I don't. I don't. I really don't think. Uh, I don't. I don't really like the idea of any Lutheran influence, directly or indirectly. I think it's horrible. I really do. I think that, um, but he said some things that were very interesting, but I know there were recent discoveries that Martin Luther was 
was a kind of bipolar person that he was not mentally stable. Um, you know, due to the fact that he, he had, um, he had a shady past. He, he, there was a woman he, he fathered children with who was a maid. Uh, then he left her, uh, because, uh, he got into some kind of scandal or some kind of, uh, where he had to answer for at least getting into a duel. And he ran into a, on Augustinian monastery. I know I did something. Uh, about about him once, and I saw a documentary uh, about Luther that was completely not the Luther that the world thinks he is, not the hero that many people want him to be, want him to believe uh, to be. And then um, uh, he abandoned. That. I think she had two children. He ran he ran right into. Uh, I mean, he came from a very dysfunctional family to begin with. And then he joined the Augustinian monastery and could not conform himself to the Augustinian rule, the monastic rule, and then found himself um, um, just basically, it seems like he just wanted to be in opposition. He wanted to be someone who wanted to oppose the moral code. And... Uh, was not was a bipolar person didn't it it got worse as he got older it got worse when he got older and there's a story where after he realized the mess he created in the in the german christian life uh at church one day at uh, church one day he actually said something like how did it all go so wrong how did it all became such a mess and an old woman in the church said to him you it was you when you came along you swallowed the holy spirit feathers and all and that's how we got an old into, into all this mess and then there was of course uh, a case where he was shamelessly because he he married a nun a, a former nun that is and had children with her that um he would shamelessly talk about his sexual practices at home. This was a man who was constantly mentally and and he was he was he was mentally unstable. He was mentally unstable and he basically could was not settled. He was not settled in his faith. There was a, in one of the debates with, with German princes, I think there was one cardinal. I can't remember the cardinal's name. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it was Berlaman or one, uh, one of them said, because Luther described grace, something like snow. And he described the human condition as a pile of dung to be polite, a pile of dung. We're just a mountain of dung. And grace is grace covers it. And supposedly the Cardinal said, my dear Luther, snow eventually melts. Okay. Snow eventually melts. What grace does, it, it, what God's grace sanctification does, it washes away the dung. 
It washes away the dung and we are completely clean. So we can participate in the life of God. I mean, basically what, what I think I know the Cardinal also said something similar is that we, you know, we are brought in into a relationship with the father. We're brought into the family of God. We're not servants. You know, I, I know I'm paraphrasing, but basically I do remember the, the, the do do documentary and it was because they discovered new things, new other things about Martin Luther that were never, never talked about, never revealed to the public. Because the Martin Luther that everybody got was the national Martin Luther, uh, that basically the German, the, the Lutheran church did not want the world to see. And there were many documents about him, many, uh, many, many things that were never revealed. And I think Alexander Garth is still holding on to that Luther. I don't think he's deliberately doing this. I think he still has never bothered to look at the Luther, the real Martin Luther. You know, and I think, I don't think Pope Francis, um, I think he, he also is operating under that German influence, that Lutheran influence, that they think they can create a church that is, that is uh, accommodating the culture, but doesn't realize it's, you know, in other words, it really thinks a church can change. A church can change for the culture, for the better good. And I think this is basically a lot of it has a lot to do with more of a Marxist approach because none of this Marxism has, or, has come up in the article, but at least by not by Alexander Garth. And I think church militant, they're smart enough to know this, that this is not so much just the tragic leftover of the Nazis. This is more now a Marxist socialist Christianity that's coming out. All right. A universalist Marxist approach that's that, 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 that is moving that wants to basically get rid of all the theology, all the theology that, that basically is inherent in, in Christianity as part of the Christian faith and wants to legitimize sin, repackage sin, make sin into something that's just part of human nature. You can't change it, you know, uh, bless sin, which is exactly what they want to do, right? Because it's all basically uh, changing God for the human person instead of changing the human person for God. The other day I was listening to something on... Uh, uh, the symbolic world with um, uh, Jonathan Progo. He said something that, remember, like after the first thing, after the flood, what did they want to do? They built the Tower of Babel. But I didn't realize this. It didn't come to, it, it made sense completely. Why did they want to build a tower after the flood? Because they remembered the flood. So they want to build a city. This is not just, just a tower, it's a city that will be high, so high that the f next flood won't wash them away. They, they haven't changed. And this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to build a fortified city that can withstand the judgment of God. 
It's like as though we know sooner or later God is coming. This is the the sin the sinful nature of man. The city of man knows that the wrath of God is coming. Sooner or later it's going to come. And we all have to bring an account. But what if we can build a world that can withstand God? That can take that that, that, that can that can that can take the attack of God on. It's like um you know, like a castle. You know, that's what that's what it's all about. The walls are too, the walls are strong enough to handle God's wrath. The, the you know, the we're fortified. You know, we can you know we can we can take him on next time. And that's the whole point. That is what they're trying to do. They still the human nature still hasn't learned its lesson. It's coming. Judgment day is coming. Sooner or later when the Son of Man arrives, will he find any faith on earth? Oh, are we are we gonna again we're gonna do exactly what he said. Just just as it was in the days of Noah, they were eating, drinking, giving and making merry and giving in marriage. So will it be in the days of the Son of Man when the Son of Man comes. They will eat, drink, and make merry and give in marriage. But they won't be ready. All right, uh, <clears throat> I think this was long enough. Um, what I'm going to do is I'll do another episode with the other articles that's coming. Um, it's a four-part one it's, uh, from Church Militant. All right, let's end it here with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is. Well, actually, hold on. What am I doing? of the 16th century. Lucas Cranach. It's more of a documentary about artists. I'm not, I was supposed to be a video here in a link. So uh, I won't bother. Anyway, we'll um, let's go back to the prayer. Sorry about that. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forget Forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God bless.